0: Welcome to the fourth episode of The Needle Podcast. This episode isn't like our others. Instead of arguing about one specific issue from the multiple perspectives of the political compass, all five of us will be standing as one united front and discussing the recent developments that have taken place in Afghanistan, along with the extremist takeover by the Taliban in Kabul. Ashraf Ghani, as my, many of you might already know, has escaped the UAE and he has left in his trails the thousands of citizens whose communal tensions leak havoc as they scramble and try to escape the country. I, I seriously don't even know where to start with this episode. Maybe Vinaya can give us a brief history about how the Taliban even came to be.
1: So the Soviets invaded Afghanistan in ni- in the in December of 1979. And as a result, what, what ensued is now what is happening currently in present-day Afghanistan. Due to the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, a group of Islamic revolutionaries who were initially supposed to, quote-unquote, preserve Islam as a communist state, uh, did not believe in religion. Those group of people who later became known as Mujahideens, which later evolved into the, in the 90s to the Taliban and the Al-Qaeda. Al- al- but Al-Qaeda was a totally different entity under Osama bin Laden, so that, that is probably a topic for another episode. But the Taliban then consolidated power first for the first time in 1996 and were driven out by NATO forces in 2001, where NATO was able to establish some sort of order in Afghanistan, especially in the capital of Kabul. And despite uh, monthly suicide bombings, Kabul re- became relatively stable. Uh, pranjal
0: maybe you can you know give our viewers and info you know some info about you know the multiple deals that have you know occurred and failed throughout history
2: yeah so actually you know uh let's skip that let's like fast forward to like the most recent uh development um last year so it's actually like people are thinking that you know this is biden who's done this but in fact trump last year i in february uh end of february last year trump uh, us taliban peace deal had come to an uh, come to a start at least uh, it was like the first step to achieving lasting peace uh, between uh, both the entities to end the 18 year 18 year long war so the uh, agreement addressed four issues it was reducing the overall violence that took place in the country it concerned with drawing foreign troops and starting intra afghan negotiations and guaranteeing that afghanistan won't become a refugee for terrorists so this was why the united states was there in afghanistan in the first place after the 2001 uh 9 11 incident they were there to ensure that you know al-qaeda doesn't use afghanistan as a base uh for their uh as, as their base but you know ever since then it's just gotten worse and worse and uh, then yeah, Joe Biden has like publicly said, like in his statements, that it's not their responsibility to build the nation. They came to Afghanistan 20 years ago to deal with Al Qaeda and like deal with terrorism. It's not their responsibility, and in my opinion, I think it's justified from a, like from America's point of view. Countless lives were be, had been lost. Uh, I think 241,000 people were killed over the last 20 years, so finally putting a stop to this storm, uh the US side of things made sense to me. Uh, however, on an ethical uh, point of view, uh, I think it was very clear that Taliban would have taken control of the country very soon and it only took two weeks.
3: Um, I think, you know, I think the main point of discussion here is the fact that U.S.'s intervention got Afghanistan to where it is today. And it's not only Afghanistan, like, you know, you take Israel, Palestine, you take Iran, Iraq, you take like uh, South Korea, North Korea. I think uh, U.S. intervention is what has uh, worsened situations instead of improving them. And obviously, you know, I, uh, you, know uh, you mentioned about Trump, uh, we spoke about how Biden decided to pull out troops. But we also need to acknowledge the fact that this has been going on since, I think, the last three to four presidential terms, starting from George, if I'm not wrong. And uh, you need to understand, like, you know, they they involved themselves because they thought it would be better uh, to get a piece of it, obviously because of their own personal and political interest as well. And uh, I believe personally that uh, if, like, if USA as a country did intervene in 2001, and obviously Soviets before as well, Afghanistan could have handled this situation and I do agree that USA all like they had more involvement after the 9-11 attacks when Taliban like decided to not uh, you know turn in uh, bin Laden but uh, it's just that uh, I think that uh, the intervention has caused more damage than you know solving a situation in Afghanistan.
4: We don't want uh, why, why would you want your own soldiers to die on foreign ground for a foreign? Uh, because the U.S. is not the U.N. People don't realize that you know obligation to provide peacekeeping forces every all around the world and like, you know act as like some kind of uh, authority because it it really doesn't have an obligation. So people attacking Joe Biden, for it doesn't make sense. I mean, he was trying to save American lives. It's it's in his best interest, it's in the nation's best interest.
1: The thing is, the Taliban gained so much momentum so quickly, they gained so much territory so quickly. And what people are saying is that the Taliban had previously agreed with tribal leaders, with due to Afghanistan being an extremely tribal society, they previously agreed with the tribal elders that they'll hand over so-and-so territory. And they all basically already had the support of the people from the start, and with Ashraf Ashraf Ghani being funded by the Westerners and him not being a liked figure, that painted the West the Western bloc in a bad light, and basically led to an exacerbation in anti-American sentiments in Afghanistan.
2: I agree so, with Gar when he says that you know they don't have any obligation to like uh, you know put American lives at risk for an enemy. for for not even an enemy for like a foreign on foreign ground for a foreign uh issue uh but the thing is uh, like krish also said that you know if it wasn't if it wasn't for u.n intervention uh this this situation might not have uh, accelerated to where it is right now in the first place however the thing is the afghan the united states provided them with troops provided them with as much security as they possibly could, yet the Afghanistan government, the Afghani government, failed to, you know, take uh, take action in their own hands. Uh, they failed to do anything on by themselves. Like what Vinayak said, his uh, uh, Ashraf Ghani's regime was popularly known for its corruption, and it's you know it was pretty. I'll be I'll blatantly say this. They, they were pretty incompetent. They got complacent with the United States being there. And as soon as they pulled out, that's how it, only took the, it. That's how it only took the Taliban like two weeks to take control of the entire country. Uh, they they basically run the place now. And, but, but and... Pranjal, Pranjal, I think, I think a corrupt government any
0: day, any day is better than women literally being shot in the face. It took Malala of being course, of course. taking a bullet to the face and getting she got a Nobel Prize for the effort she took, but it it went to that extent. For someone to finally raise their voice against the sectionalist organization, of course.
2: Uh,
1: sure, and naked, naked, in I,
2: in no, it, there's no chance that I'm like saying that Taliban would do a better job than like the a corrupt government. There's yeah, no, yeah, of course. Thing. And I, and I get that. Point. And I get. I was yeah. saying, I was saying it's like Afghani governments' like fault as well. Like you can't put this on USA. Afghani course, government has yeah, yeah, yeah. got got lazy. Uh And yeah, like you know, give,
0: give one man too much power, as we have established, and everything goes to ruins. It's the dicta. It's a dictator's one short shot way of gaining power. You make a nation corrupt after having you know being presided by years and years and decades of chaos. It'll never reach um, you know systematic democracy the way we strive for. Uh, one we strive for in our modern world. And people are blaming Joe Biden for withdrawing troops too early, but. Billions of dollars and 100,000 lives were lost in a war that wasn't even the U.S.'s for 20 years. And you have to understand, Joe Biden carries the burden of decades of presidents that came before him, not just Trump, but Obama as well, And and Bush before him, and Nixon even before him. It's a long line, the burden of which the current president always carries and has to always model a deal for. Joe Biden's withdrawal was, I completely think it was justified. Not right, maybe, but justified. What happened is like deplorable. What the Taliban are doing right now is deplorable. And their entry into Kabul is absolutely atrocious. But it, Joe Biden's withdrawal was justified. And I think Krish can also back me up on this. Where um, you know, but then again it comes back to the point of countries being left alone rather than you know US and Russia, these big P5s coming over with their hulking weight and you know intervening in all international
3: matters. Yeah, I think um uh, I think all, all our points you know go go up to the same argument, like you know, like you know, okay, yeah, they they did intervene like now what, but uh, after a point, we all also agree to the fact that. Afghanistan kind of got reliable, like, you know, they relied on U.S. to safeguard them. And uh, since U.S. was pulling out their troops, uh, the Afghani government, like, you know, uh, obviously, like, this was something that was inevitable after U.S. was taking out, like, pulling out their troops. And uh, this just came in sooner than we thought. So uh, what Nikhil said, like, you know, uh, it's not about, like, Biden, like, pulling out and, you know, him miscalculating it because it's obviously justified the fact that you know he had to do what he had to do but obviously you know it led to the downfall of the afghani government like uh afghani and like you know taliban taking over
1: i mean like right 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 now it's still a very developing situation so we might not be covering everything like by the time you listen to this episode when it's out yeah, but
0: literally of between office. we up- the time between we upload this episode and it actually comes out on Spotify and all the accounts we have it on, there may be like seventeen other developments that happen.
1: Yeah, but what's really surprising to me is how how easy it was for the Taliban to gain international acceptance. I mean, China has already started to co uh, collaborate with the Taliban as they as the Taliban recently sent a few envoys to china in order to discuss a possible in order to discuss a possible plans with the chinese in the future and china has state, explicitly stated that it will not support taliban if it makes afghanistan a safe haven for terrorists and then recently even the russians came out the russian government came out and said that the taliban government will probably be better than ashraf ghani's uh previous regime which just goes on to show how poor the previous regime was that people are willing to take terrorists literally a terrorist organization over a quote-unquote legitimate government
3: but again so i think like you know you as you said like you know china is like you know coming out to like collaborate with them or uh, you know even russia is trying like you know get their hands out with them provided that they don't make a safe haven for terrorism but I think we, we, like, Taliban is an extremist organization. It's an extremist organization that is recognized by the UN. And, uh, like, you know, we've seen in the past years, we've seen now as well. Uh, their ideology uh, is, it's completely, you know, they radically want to convert everybody first to Islam and then obviously, like, you know, uh, into, like, what they call, like, as you said in the beginning, like, majority, like, people are willing to do jihad so there's like even when countries are saying that they're willing to uh or you know uh cooperate with them provided that they do not make afghanistan a safe haven for terrorism there's nothing that can be said surely from like you know them like you know they even even like you know the the peace talks that like uh like the bilateral that trump had with them he scrapped them after taliban couldn't like you know live up to them so there's there's no guarantee that Taliban can give the countries right now, that they will not turn
0: back later on. I think we also need to account for the threat Taliban poses, this Taliban takeover poses for other countries. Like India will be unsafe if China and Afghanistan come together as an allied force and if that you know yeah.
1: comes together I mean, with Russia. Even, I mean, even uh, Prime Minister Imran Khan has, uh, lament, has actually lauded the Taliban takeover and has said quote-unquote, stated that something along the lines of freeing Afghanistan from the, hands, from
4: the hands of the slave master. I actually read an article, guys, that the Taliban guaranteed the safety of the Hindus and Sikhs in Afghanistan, so I mean, they might be trying to be better, I guess, but that promise sounds as empty as the one about women and uh, women rights, female rights, basically, equality. And uh, and it's super yeah, weird, so, but like so. They, was, so know, they
0: guaranteed the safety, I mean, but uh, then again, so I mean, as you said, uh, I it mean, might guys, be an if empty if promise.
1: It, yeah. But I mean, if you look at it now, they're operating a country. They're no longer operating a certain stretch of territory, they're operating an entire nation. So, in order to, and the previous regime was like horrible. So, they have to fix, they have to make amends for the previous regime, and they have to make it like livable, they need to make it habitable. And I think they're trying to, even though if it's way out of their uh, capacity at the moment or what we can see, I think they're trying to become a more secular. I know that sounds ironic, but they're trying to incorporate some elements of secularism.
2: Guys, there's no chance that you guys are even considering or like even thinking about like a Taliban regime, like thinking that it's like, there's no chance that you think that it's a feasible, like no matter how shit the Afghani government was Taliban, uh, uh, that's a extremist organization. In the five years that they were in control of uh, Afghanistan, there were countless women that were sold into uh, wedlock. There were countless women that were raped uh, every single day. Uh, There was a huge humanitarian crisis. There were people who didn't have any food. People didn't have any uh, security. People didn't have any sense of uh, yeah they didn't have any sense of security, and all of these like Garth said all of these fake promises right now like I read a headline the other day about how Taliban has promised that women can come back and work their civil jobs that they had before and nothing would change everything is such bullshit Because we all know, like, they've already started assaulting people uh, for just, like, no reason. Like, they've started taking control of their property. They've started forcing men into joining their services. There's no way you can actually justify that a Taliban government could be a possible thing. There's no way that the United States would let that happen in the first place as well. Because Taliban, as a, like, Taliban in control of an entire country is a huge, like, international threat by itself. Now, they obviously, they're going to deal with it again. They're not going to deploy troops again. But, you know, there's obviously going to be something that's going to happen.
3: No, okay. So, um, like, you know, I, I'm glad that you're recognizing I mean, like, I think all of us agree to the fact that Taliban cannot be a legitimate government that's leading a country. And like, as you said, that US will, like, you know, do something to uh, make sure that that does not happen. But I hope you're realizing that in the process of US retaliating to Taliban taking any further steps, there will be further conflict, there will be further violence, and it's just going to get worse. So um like you know now it, it basically like you know it's I don't know how to put it, it's but damage
2: I, control. It's a damage control.
3: Yeah, it's like you know point of no return because now where the country is, there's I don't think US is in a position after calling that troops out of the country to reinstate them back and fight Taliban, especially uh, after they've taken over and uh, the Afghani president has, you know, he, he fleed away. So I don't think U.S. is in a position to do that, especially after that happened.
2: So one of the biggest uh, mistakes from the United States when they were leaving the country was that... Uh, I'm not sure how true this is or to what extent, uh, this is accurate. But they apparently left their entire military, uh, technology like from their, uh, weapons arsenal, like uh, their guns to their Humvees and, uh, military, uh, uh military, uh, drone, uh, technology. I think they left all of that as they were leaving uh, Afghanistan. Uh, which was one of the reasons why. Uh, they, uh, why why the Taliban was able to like capture the country, take control of the company as quickly
1: as they did. I mean, another thing just to add on. Firstly, I don't even think the US is going to consider getting back into Afghanistan. I think whatever negotiations are going to happen with the Taliban are going to be strictly diplomatic, as uh, the Afghan war, which was a heavy burden on the US finances. I think they spent over two trillion dollars and countless lives were lost so i don't really think it's going to be a feasible option to and the thing is over the course of these 20 years the taliban i don't i'm not coming off as an, a taliban apologist but if you look if you look at the taliban closely it has evolved as a, a as something more than a terrorist organization it is trying to evolve into a sharia government which is crazy i know it sounds insane when i say it that sounds but, like the
4: lamest slogan of all time. More than a terrorist organization. Stop humanizing 6. Taliban,
1: man. man. you would like saying,
2: Oh, guys, they've got character development at the last... As that better, guys.
1: Me. Wait till you see season ka- two. There is good character development. <laughs> ka- uh, ka- uh, Taliban redemption arc.
2: No, no, I think... Uh, I think if you, know, but if you look no, wait, at the
1: wait, political, wait. political ah. act. like I don't want to lend, lend credence to the fact that Taliban could be a, co- a competent government. But if you look at their developments closely you have you will be able to see taliban trying to be more than just a terrorist organization and trying to implement its doctrine in provinces so i mean it does try it does seemingly have a plan in place for afghanistan and in governing afghanistan and with the recent press conference yesterday they've made a lot of promises most of them in my opinion will probably come empty and we might there's like a very high percentage that we will just revert back to the Afghanistan between 1996 and 2001. I mean, Vinayak, we are talking about a
0: motley crew of unorganized extremists. Maybe diplomatic relations aren't the, you know, you know, the most feasible way this can this conflict will end. definitely some military involvement should be considered. But we can't expect the Taliban to, you know, negotiate. In like a lot of courts with any of the world governments, even UN as a united front cannot argue, you know, negotiate with Taliban anymore. It has to be a military, either covert or overt operation, which will bring an end to this.
1: Like the Taliban's already, I like previously stated, I previously stated, it has begun negotiations with, discussions with China, with Russia, with Pakistan. I mean, it it does have an audience in the international community already despite it just declaring the Islamic Emirati of Afghanistan just a few, two days ago, I believe, right now. There is, like, an audience on the international stage that they are going to try to appeal to in order to get their views across. And I don't think, I think we're past war now. I think everything will have to be solved diplomatically. Of course, it's going to be, like, solved
2: diplomatically. Uh, I mean, one of the reasons that, like you said, like, they've got a large audience around the world is because everything is being documented and, like, shown across social media. We've been speaking on the... We've spoken about the economic side of things. But, guys, look at this. At, at it, Everything that's surfacing on social media right now, it's you can just tell that the people themselves, that they are fleeing from the country in the most precarious of ways. Like, uh, people who are clinging onto airplanes are leaving Kabul. So, literally... Uh, if the people themselves are going to such extents to uh, escape the country and the Taliban regime, uh, there's no way you can, like, justify, like, there's, I'm, not justify, I'm sorry, there's no way that you can uh, say that, like, no matter whatever peace agreement that they come to with any government, you know that their citizens are going to be the ones who are going to be suffering. They're, 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 this is, like, sliding into complete dictatorship uh, wherein the Taliban are going to do whatever they feel like is right. Their what is is the law at this point. Uh, you might even compare this to Nazi Germany but that's a far reach because there's still a Sharia law here. No, Pranjal,
0: what are you talking about? Well, the, the to-do list, a uh, most important priority on the Taliban's list right now is like riding around bumper cars and testing around the US military gym.
4: <laughs> yeah. No,
3: but, but like, honestly, so, you know, let, let's leave aside what is what is like, you know, uh, uh, going to happen in terms of like, you know, diplomatic relationships with other countries. And I, I would like to emphasize on diplomatic, whether that's going to be hell or not. But, uh, you know, we need to like, also like, you know, what Vinak mentioned earlier, that now they're just going to try and implement and enforce the Sharia law. And like, I... I, I I hope that uh, the viewers like uh, understand what the Sharia law is like, you know, it, it's, it's an old law uh, in like, you know, the books of Islam that like, you know, it sets certain boundaries for the community as well. So, and it's not like meant to offend anybody, but uh, they're trying to pass down these ideologies and like, you know, enforce them upon people who might not be willing to follow. And this includes the uh, uh, you know forcing women into getting married uh, like forcing girls into getting married as you know as young as like twelve and thirteen and like taking them from their own house like right now the current situation and that just goes on to show the extent to which it is not this is obviously a political turmoil that has like you know left the country unstable, but it's also calling like you know upon like a huge humanitarian crisis that will follow uh now in the country that is there so you know even what Pranjal said like you know. Uh countries, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, individuals have like, you know, they're to get they're trying to get on place with the outside and two of them even felt mid-air. And it goes on to show that now the, the situation is going to worsen every day from now on.
1: Also, just another thing. If you've paid attention to the press conference that was held, I think now day before yesterday, because it's like the 19th, the Taliban spokesperson Zabidullah Mujahid is explicitly stated that we were going to allow the media to criticize us in Afghanistan. And another thing I just found that was really vague was his stance on women's rights, At like the Taliban stance on women's rights. They stated women can receive education and can indulge in the workforce in accordance with the laws of Islam. And the thing is that since they've recently consolidated power as of the time of recording this, we have no idea as to how far they're actually going to implement Islamic laws and what exactly is going to happen to the women and children
4: of Afghanistan? I think uh, the US could influence this somehow because like, they could uh, do this by the soft power of uh, the power of the dollar, especially the, the currency itself, because it's the global reserve, right? It's the standard default global reserve. And the, uh, by enabling Taliban on a negotiating table, by like introducing them to the system and maybe easing restrictions uh by uh in exchange for like letting women study like letting uh women have rights and basically like civilizing the taliban in exchange for such a relief from like economic sanctions and real legitimate uh, real legitimacy i think that could be that could be played that hand could be played and the taliban could compromise a, a few things especially with women and you know things such as that to allow freedom of speech as well just to increase their own le- uh, legitimacy around the world I think people could, countries themselves could use sol- soft power of their own instead of yeah, basically doing this diplomatically other than using force because yeah. we've always seen that around force like you know, a force whenever it's used especially by the US especially by foreign countries and USSR it never works, it never ends up working
1: yeah. So, as as Garf previously stated, like the Taliban are now a government. That whether you like it or not, they have consolidated power in Afghanistan. They're representing the people of Afghanistan, whether the people want to be represented by them or not. And they have to make a good impression on the international stage. And as a result, they'll have to compromise some of their own their own credences to which they got all of this power in order to make Afghanistan. A, a habitable nation and bring uh, sort of bring some credibility back to a fallen nation
3: when we talk about compromises there's an extent to which they'll be willing to compromise and i don't think the international community uh will be willing to settle at their level of compromise and i mean you know you, you spoke about china and russia uh wanting to you know uh lend their hands like you know to help taliban or like not help but like you know maintain relationships with them but uh it 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 won't go well when other countries or like allies of like you know the nato countries allies of us uh you know along with uk they 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 come together because this is against their ideologies and i'm pretty sure that no matter what happens now they won't be willing to like you know settle down it so i
0: know we said we didn't want to make this podcast like an But I cannot help myself. Like a crisis update, 27 minutes ago, protests against the Taliban banner turns violent in Jalalabad, three dozen dead and dozen others injured. This really shows you the imminence of this issue and how ingrained into the Afghani social construct this has become now. Just violence is going to break out and it is inevitable. I know that the Taliban said, oh, we are going to avoid it and we are going to ensure a peaceful transfer. It is inevitable, especially since we are getting news updates every three seconds. It is inevitable that violence will break out and that really highlights the imminence of this issue and how quickly it needs to be tackled by foreign governments. And according to me, this may be my most authoritarian stance yet, but military intervention is necessary.
2: Diplomacy, I don't think Will even begin to work in this case? Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that every time someone defies their law, which is completely made up by themselves, there's no actual proper standard here that they're following. It's just complete vague terms that they've provided. As soon as something happens, they'll turn to violence. They'll turn to their guns. They'll turn to you know shooting people as soon as they you know do something that 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 the officials aren't happy with. It just shows, you know, I think it. I think from this situation, definitely a lot of people have uh, found a new, there's a lot of newfound gratitude across the world for their freedom of speech and expression of their opinions. Because even a small thing like speaking out against the Taliban can get you killed in Afghanistan. And I'm sure everyone in the United States is just happy for this first amended, amendment. Amendment.
4: Right now,
3: and uh, you know, like I think, just a second ago, what Vinak said about uh, you know, uh, having compromise, uh for like, uh, Taliban, like have will have like make compromises. It, what Nikhil just said, it goes on to show that Taliban is is going to act on its stance. It's going to act on its ideologies, no matter what. Like you know, uh, even this was this was just against their banner. And imagine if people actually speak up against their ideologies. People like they speak up against. The, the very Sharia law that they stand for, how bad and brutal that's going to get and what consequences the people are going to face then.
4: So guys, I think anything we might say, any, any opinions you might have, especially from Pranjal to me, this, the contrast we may have, we agree the, the Taliban needs change. It's clearly not right uh, the way they function at the moment. And so, uh, this change is absolutely necessary it's like it's needed immediately and we can agree we can we can always discuss the extent to which it, it is it is needed but of course it's just it's just tragedy what's happening right now with people over there i actually pray for Afghanistan and its citizens i hope things get better
2: we just have we we can only just sit and watch the situation unfold now um I hope, I, uh, I I agree with you. That, uh, all we can do is pray for the Afghani citizens.
0: And I think that concludes this episode. Um, this, as I said, isn't a controversial one. It is, I mean, sorry, apologies. It is an extremely controversial one, but we all have primarily the same opinion. Maybe we may have differing, you know, perspectives on the multiple facets of the root causes of the issue, but we all agree that the Taliban is We all condemn the actions Taliban has taken and want as peaceful, yet as urgent a resolution to the Afghani um, issue. Uh, With this, I think we can conclude the episode. Please make sure to listen to our other episodes and don't forget to tune in to our next episode where we have a guest from the WTO.
2: Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week.